0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Our Locked On Hawks postcast, part of Locked On Atlanta on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Hawks postcast, your home for the best Hawks talk. It's local insight you can't get anywhere else but right here at Locked On. I am your host, Nature Batiste, and joining me is Deshaun Tate. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code NBA for $20 off your first purchase. The Locked On Hawks postcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Deshaun, the Hawks were back home, made a quick stop here, and they were kind of hoping to get back in that win column when they took on the Nets tonight and hoping to get back to 500. We're going to deep dive on. The unfortunate elder Hawks took 114 to 113. We'll talk about it in the and one. And of course, we're going to take you through who got next. And we got some funnies in there for you. But first, let's get real about your take and my take on what went down tonight. And what I love about what you said, Deshaun, because you always keep it 100. When we said top takeaway from this Hawks-Nets game, you said this game was actually a struggle for you to have a takeaway from.
0: It was. And I remember you proposing a question a few weeks ago and asking, what is the identity of this team? And you made it very clear that my facial expression said, I don't know. I have a really good feeling that when you asked me what the top takeaway was, there was like a duplication of that exact same facial expression. Because even in this case, what the takeaway was is, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's a matter of me processing it, but much like how I felt that most people probably didn't know what that identity was, even if they still don't, most people still don't know probably what their takeaway was from this game. Yeah, um, it feels like it's a roller coaster ride, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's. I, I won't deem it necessarily as yet as frustrating because much of how I feel about this team is. <laughs> It, it, it there is a stay the course feel to it like i don't feel like oh my god the sky is falling things no. just are terrible like i don't feel like that but there are some instances where this team wasn't getting off to fast starts and we're slowly starting to see them get off to faster starts yes and then it's like okay now we got to figure out if they could put it all together for four quarters for the yeah. most part they have been able to do some of that then it's about mm-hmm. closing. And now we're at that closing moment. And that's yes. why I say stay the course because there's been so many really tight games, whether that was mm-hmm. against uh, Brooklyn, the first time, two weeks yes. ago, whether it was about the game against, you know, the Pacers where they scored about a million points a piece tonight's game, a couple others in between those games as well. So um It's just about going back to the drawing board. And I think the elephant in the room here is ultimately really about how to finish. Yeah.
1: And understanding that whenever it's as tight as it is, like you said, with the Pacers, tight game with the Nets, Two weeks ago, tight game with the Nets again tonight, tight game. And even some of the losses where, yeah, maybe they lost by double digits, but there were moments where those games were very winnable. Three point spread, four points apart, that kind of thing. I think about the Bucks game uh, a couple nights ago. So there were definitely, and I think that's why, to your point, it, it wouldn't be necessarily frustrating as maybe it was this time last year. We're going to talk a little bit about that very thing in the and one But I think it was more of trying to figure out where would have been that moment, right? So if you go back to the the beginning of the game, you couldn't say that because the Hawks went out to a seven-point lead. So it wasn't a slow start. That's not quite where, you know, they lost it by a point. Or you can't say maybe second quarter where I started to see some nice defense come into play. And some of that, you know, the the Nets went into the second quarter six of nine from three. And they were hovering around about, well, 67%. Hawks were able to get that down to somewhere in the high 40s. So it wasn't the second quarter. So then I go to the third quarter, and then it was just kind of this back and forth where the Hawks were up seven, and then all of a sudden they're down two, but then it swung back in their favor, and then it's the fourth quarter. So I think it's one of those things where the Hawks are going to play just about every team competitively, so it's up to them when they have moments in the first, second, and third quarters to say, hey, we're not gonna wait until the fourth quarter to see if Trey's gonna hit that shot or if that defender is gonna be called for the foul on Trey so that he doesn't get to hit the shot. We're gonna take care of business somewhere in the first quarter, second quarter, or third quarter where we've got these guys on the ropes in some area or where they start hot and then we help them to kind of peel it back and pull it back. And then we'll kind of move into the space of saying, okay, That's the area where we know we can take charge and make sure that this game comes out in our favor, which is probably a nice segue into what my takeaway was, which is I'm just glad Jalen Johnson has started getting shots up after practice with that brace on his left forearm, like we saw at yesterday's practice. Why? Because that helps me to stay optimistic that when players like Mikel Bridges try to dominate, they'll have to work harder. He had 32 points, five rebounds, six to six, six assists, excuse me, and a block. And I just don't feel like that's going to be the same stat line when Jalen Johnson comes back. I don't think you're going to be able to march him out there and expect that he's able to do that. Or even Cam Johnson, Cam's stat line was a little bit, you know, not as, um, especially points-wise, only 17 points. But he had six rebounds and he had Mm -hmm. three assists. So he still had a nice stat line coming in at the small forward position. Why do I mention that? Because those are areas where, don't get me wrong, yes, DeAndre Hunter did a decent job on that last shot that Mikael Bridges got off. But when I played that back a couple times, I just felt like Jalen Johnson would have defended that differently. And I also feel like there are moments in time where, and hey, look, I take nothing away from the fact that Dre had a, a, a decent game, 14 points, four rebounds. But somewhere in there, I just see Jalen Johnson Being able to be the difference, whether that would have been a difference maker because he would have had a better stat line. He would have had just three three pointers thrown up there. He probably would have had a couple more that could have made the difference or there would have been a block shot or a couple more rebounds, especially maybe second chance points, because that is the one place where it wasn't as even maybe in the stats line as there were in other places. Maybe that would have been the difference that Jalen Johnson would have made in this game that when he comes back, we're having a different conversation about how this game turns out because guess who was there a couple of weeks ago?
0: JJ. Johnson. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, and, and it's so much about his energy and the things that pop yeah. out off the page with him and not always about the stat sheet. It's those, you know, moments when there's a long rebound and he's there to get it and start yes. the break by himself or yes. something along those lines, you know, being the fearless guy that's willing to go up there and try and, you know, Dunk the basketball instead of laying it in and getting it blocked. And now you're, you know, to prevent you screaming at the TV saying, just dunk the ball already. He does that. And sometimes by being a younger player, taking some of those calculated risks are what makes it worth it. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. all the time that the young players make the bonehead plays. Sometimes the young players do those things because it's like, you know what? Someday he's going to learn that he can't just run up in there and dunk on people like this. But I actually like the fact that he's doing it, you know, Mm -hmm. type of thing, you know, and you got to kind of love that and embrace that when you want somebody exactly the aggression and so forth from us from some of your younger players. So I did see tonight that they did effort to get uh, DeAndre Hunter going often and early. He was the one that, you know, started um and um you know made, made the first five I shots i'm sorry yeah, the first five shot. points for the team as soon as you know the second half started in the third quarter they went right back to him right off yeah. the back so i can start to see some of the different trends and so forth for this team and i think there mm-hmm. are definitely some positives again these are positive yeah. that won't necessarily jump off the page at you but i right. do think that they are positives nonetheless
1: yeah, and that's why I didn't want to make I wanted to make sure that it wasn't going to be one of those where I was going in on 12 in favor of 11. It was really more just an observation about what 11 probably would have brought to the table at that four position versus maybe what we saw tonight. And again, that's not an affront to DeAndre. That's actually just saying advantage to Jalen. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk more Hawks in the and one, but first, I want to tell you guys a little bit about eBay. So our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every single week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Now, you can go with really any player, but tonight I'd like to go back to a player that Josh has picked before because I thought that he had a good stat line tonight and that's our guy Sadiq Bay. He elevated um, him because Sadiq has been elevated of course into that starting lineup for the Hawks in the absence of Jalen Johnson and he's been pretty serviceable. If you look at his stat line tonight, very good stat line, 21 points, on seven to 13 shooting from the field. He was three of six from three. And of course, seven rebounds and a dime there as well. So a guy like a Sadiq Bay can really get you where you want to be in your fantasy basketball league. And even tonight would have been a good night for you to pick Mikhail Bridges as well, because he had 32 points, but again, nice efficient night 12 of 19 shooting from the field three of four from three so those are the types of guys you want to bring into your fantasy basketball team now josh lloyd like i said he's there to help you all the way to your fantasy championship and ebay motors speaking of champions knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit that's no different with what they do with your vehicle so like me if you've ever had a situation where you needed a part quickly, like I needed brakes a couple of years ago, you're happy that you have over 122 million parts to choose from for your ride or die. You can make sure your car stays running smoothly. LED, headlights, roof rack, bumpers, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash during the holidays. Keep your ride or die alive. At ebaymotors.com, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions do apply. All right, Deshaun, let's dive a little bit further into this game. You know, tonight was that game where, like we said, we kind of looked at it. It was back and forth. We were trying to figure out what the takeaways were. Well, it makes sense because when you think about the fact that The Hawks only led by as many as seven. The Nets only led by as many as seven. 43 lead changes, 11 ties. You can't get any more even in a game than that. Of course, the Hawks, unfortunately, on the other side of it, the losing end, 114-113. Now they're two games below five hundred. This is actually the first time, believe it or not, since starting the season at 0-2. But the bigger question is, they just played this team to 147-145 in overtime two weeks ago. Why didn't the Hawks get it done tonight?
0: I think one of the reasons was just no no Cam Thomas on the last one. One of the more prolific, natural, born and bred, traditional scorers like somebody mm-hmm. that can just, you know, shoot the ball and it's like throwing the rock in the ocean from the boat <laughs> type of thing. Right, um, right. Having him, I don't think helped uh, the situation for for the Hawks. And you know, while Dejounte Murray did have you know a very near triple double, I think he was yes. one assist away. Yep. Um, not necessarily a, a, a great shooting night from him along right. with some of the other guys, you know, uh, Buggy Bogdanovich, 20 points. But if you mm-hmm. were watching the game, you'll see it looks slightly different. The contribution, that the, I mean, not even an amazing game from Trey either. So I think it was just a eh. It was just, man, one of them kind of performances in games um from everybody if i'm just being Mm -hmm. honest maybe sadiq bay was maybe the exception there i think so um but i'm not sure that there was anybody that just kind of jumped out at you like wow you know kind of deal but it did have a little bit more of that feel from brooklyn where not everybody was going off at the same time per se but everybody had their moments yeah uh cam johnson maybe not as much in the second half But definitely with, I think, three threes in the first quarter, Mm -hmm. um, definitely had his moments. And where it appeared that Mikhail Bridges hadn't got going until late. When he got going and got hot, he really got hot. Dorian Finney-Smith was another one. Dennis Smith Jr., everybody contributed. And I think that the energy just seemed like it was there slightly more. And I guess it was one of those what I call like windshield wiper games. It was definitely very much back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did see the Hawks compete. But to be honest with you, it yeah. it felt like the Nets um, either a wanted it slightly more than Atlanta or some stuff is just a matter of it, it was just their night, you know, and I don't yeah. like that to be the reason behind everything but tonight feels like not only was it a little bit slightly more of their night, but this Mm -hmm. was a game that whoever had the possession last, um, it felt like, you know, whoever had the ball with the whining moments in a close game uh, was the last one with the possession that was going to end up winning the game. Obviously the Atlanta Hawks was last and we can have a whole different conversation about the call that wasn't made, but um, it definitely came down to that. And um It was was an okay game. I think that this is one that the Hawks can learn from.
1: Yeah, this was, I think you put the the nail on the head, but I actually would put it on both teams to have a whole lot of energy. When I pulled up to the stadium, to the arena today, literally normally if I'm pulling up an hour before game time, before the tip, the parking lot is completely full. And then when I leave the media room around 15 to 20 minutes before the tip, Normally, the arena is at least 50 to 60% full. Uh, for those who don't know, it's Atlanta. People arrive fashionably late. So 50 to 60%, 15 minutes before a game, that's actually impressive for us. But day, the parking lot was barely half full, and I got there an hour in advance. And then when I got into the, the arena, only five minutes before a tip-off, the arena was barely 50% full. And that kind of told me, like you know, Atlanta, we don't quite do rain and cold that well. So it was quite a chilly night. (laughs) No pun intended for Trey Young, but it was quite a chilly night outside. And it seemed like it took everybody, all the players, just the whole arena just seemed kind of quiet and chill. Took everybody a minute to get their in right. But I feel like they were like the tale of two teams. And yeah, it was going to come down to whoever had the ball last and actually put the ball in the bucket. But to me, it felt like the Hawks were even in their energy not good or bad just even like i didn't feel like they were very up up i didn't feel like they were down down it was just kind of even and then i felt Mm -hmm. like the nets on the other hand they were kind of and then when they shot up they shot up big like like you said they just and they would have just moments in buckets with like three players whereas the hawks may have spread it across maybe like six of their players so yeah it was quite an An even game and an uneven game all at the same time. Just kind of weird. But I think, yeah, it was one of those where just like a couple of weeks ago, of course, more high scoring. But that was anybody's game all the way down to overtime. This was anybody's game as well. So now that's why you have an even season series so far. But here's the thing, too. We now find ourselves at the quarter mark of the season. And the Hawks were 11-9 at this point in the season a year ago. They'd actually come off a loss, 106-98, to 98, to be exact, to the Heat on November 27th. That was their 20th game of the season. Now they are, of course, 9-11. and 11. So, Deshaun, what's your grade or kind of your evaluation of where the team is now versus where they were last season? But not just considering the record, but just overall.
0: Um, I would probably say that I definitely feel better about where they are right now, even though it may not necessarily reflect on the record mm-hmm. in comparison to last year. Mm-hmm. But at this time last year it just felt like it was going down. Like it was just spiraling. It just like it was gonna be very difficult for them to come out of it. I feel like yeah. the the yeah. loss I feel like the losses were worse losses than this, you know, than than this year's losses um certainly by more than you know I mean you look at the games that the Atlanta Hawks have lost this year and by far I don't have the numbers right in front of me but there are so many games that they have lost by one possession maybe two possessions and the energy from last year which if people can remember everything that transpired um it just felt like it felt it felt yeah, cancerous. It was, almost. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was. It was. It was a lot. Lar- you know, it was. It was a lot. Um, but I don't feel that way necessarily about this year. Um, definitely need to be in the wind column more. All of yeah. that good stuff. But I've, I, I just I feel like the energy I, st- I just feel like they're learning. Yeah. I feel like they're 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 t- they're taking their bumps early. I made this comparison before where I think some other teams have definitely got out to better starts and are peaking earlier. But it's taken the Hawks a little bit more time, especially that's kind of expected. Whenever you have a backcourt duo who um, have been together for, you know, um, a season Mm -hmm. so far um, and have both played under, you know, two new coaches in that span. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, it's just a matter of trying to figure some things out, but I I definitely feel better. It doesn't necessarily always look better, but I think for Mm -hmm. me, it looks and it feels better to be honest.
1: Yeah. Well, if you look at the games and we got to take into consideration something, this has been a high scoring first quarter of the entire NBA season, because every team was trying to put its mark in place for the in-season tournament, should they have gotten down to the wire of a points differential determining who went on to the next round or not, right? Sure. So we have seen like some astronomical numbers. But that said, when you do look down the loss column and you see, yeah, it always bothers you when you see a loss to the Hornets, but let's not forget the Hornets do play the Hawks tough. So, mm-hmm. But it's a six-point loss, right? And then you see a six-point loss to the Knicks, and then you just kind of go down the list. You see a nine-point loss to an up-and-coming OKC team. That's part of the reason that it feels different. Because you were scratching your head with blowouts last year. You were scratching your head with effort last year. And you were also scratching your head with execution on, like, some of the more basic things. I haven't seen that. And so everything that you could say that you saw in the first 20 games of last season that didn't look good, I feel like, A, not all of those things are there. Mm -hmm. And, B, when I see them, I don't see them as often. So in other words, if they did 10 things wrong last year, I only see seven. And of those seven, I don't see them happen as often as I I did. So even like late game execution would be a great example. No, I didn't necessarily like the way DeAndre Hunter defended the Mikael Bridges shot, but he defended the Mikhail Bridges shot. Sure, sure. That does count for something. And I think those are the little intangibles that while you and I may not be able to do apples to apples comparison stat-wise, I think yep. that's kind of where you see it, and also, or where you see the difference. And I also, wanted to ask you real quick before we wrap, what mm-hmm. your assessment was, or is of these twenty games this season relative to where you thought this team might be a quarter of the season in.
0: I thought that it would be somewhere similar. I was looking at somewhere right around 500, if I'm just being honest. Um, I just think that they would have to, you know, a couple little iron, you know, wrinkles to iron out a little bit. And um, which that's what I anticipated. And that's pretty much, you know, essentially what they're doing. But one of the reasons why it just feels better to me is because one thing that you don't really have to question at this point is if you have your guy and your guy is Quinn Snyder. And that part I think is what makes people feel, you know, I've definitely spoken with some people who's like, how do you, how do I hear you talk so optimistically about this team and they really have struggled to win certain games and things of that nature. But one of the reasons behind that is because I think that, you know, the future is bright because you know what you have in place now, you just have to allow for that to be able to marinate and set in. Uh, the other part that I was going to mention before we wrap up and go to break is I'm really happy to see that Bogey Bogdanovich is doing okay. He bumped knees in the third quarter. That was a little question uh, questionable at one point in time. A uh, little you know worth holding the breath. And then I'm just still a little in my own feelings. I won't use all the expletives uh, of which I did when I was at home watching, but um, when I saw Sadiq Bay's tip dunk get taken back um off the board that just that i think that also had a little bit of a damper on 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 the outcome on tonight because i kind of sucked a little bit of the confidence that they had seemed to be gaining
1: exactly yeah and then you had the weird wait for forever to hear from jersey on the points that were taken away yes. from the net but then they get the possession back and it's yeah like you said little moments where it just kind of made it eerie but uh but yeah i agree with you i still feel like this is a, a place to be very optimistic about what we're seeing from the team even in the moments of frustration they're only momentary moments of uh momentary frustration and i feel that's like a good that's a Yes, momentary frustration. I feel like that's going to be minimized as the season goes on. Now we're gonna talk Who got next in a minute and give you guys a little funny insight into something we saw at the game tonight. But first, let me download with you on game time. All right, if you guys know me, you know that I am a new edition fan on 10. And I saw this post last night about the fact that unfortunately, Their residency in Vegas is sold out, but I am still optimistic just like I am about this Hawks team because of game time. Because I feel like with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from my seat, the best guarantee game time is going to take the guesswork out of me buying tickets for my next sports, comedy, theater, and that music event. So you buy the tickets in seconds. It's just two taps. All-in prices show your total upfront. That's another big thing, so you know you're getting a great deal without these hidden fees that pop up at the last minute. So, Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and they have a guarantee that means you'll always get the best price. You find tickets in the same section and row for less? Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LockedOnNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create that account. Redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Okay, so Deshaun, tonight's Hawks game, you know, it's always fun. We have the best in-game experience here in atlanta across the entirety of the nba listen we're not just bragging that came from the nba they've gotten awards for it right one of their most popular games is family feud tonight they did it a little bit differently right they did fill in the blanks family feud style had these two guys and they were of course you know having to answer the question of the top five answers being on the board fill in the blank with the word snow, right so Deshaun. If you hear the word snow and you gotta fill in five blanks, give me your top five.
0: I would go with, and certainly not in this order, but I would go with snowman, which was mentioned. Yes. I would go with snow white, which was also mentioned. Yes. I'm pretty sure I would go with Snow Cone. Okay. Um Snowball. Oh, okay and um snowstorm
1: yes yes
0: being from michigan though it's almost like i'm almost like cheating i feel like
1: (laughs) (laughs) so i felt the same way right and no i'm not from michigan guys but i have lived in the northeast before so but the first thing i thought of was Snow White. And I said, Oh Lord, they're going to take my black card because I didn't too. say Jeezy the snowman. So they're going to take my card. Jeezy the snowman. Sorry, I didn't think of him. I even, and when a guy said snowman, I was like, Frosty. And so the whole yeah. hero looked at me like, Really, Tanisha in Atlanta?
0: Frosty, really?
1: Jeezy, not Frosty, Jeezy. So, okay. So we got snowman. We got snow white for me. And then I had snowflake. I had snowball because I'm from Louisiana. So snow cone is not a real thing. It is a snowball, people. Snowball. Yes. And living in the northeast i would snowstorm right this dude said anything everything and all things under the sun so they so the first guy did get snowman but he couldn't get anything else right what did he say something like snow um
0: snow was- jacket snow and you know jacket. what Tanisha, that jacket. was su- that was such an embarrassing answer that I didn't even want to repeat it just now. Yeah. Like, that's how bad that answer was. Like, I don't want there. that bad juju on me. Like, where did you wait, get wait. Snow Jacket?
1: And then he goes, and then he goes, okay, Snow T.I.?
0: Yeah, I was like, T.I.? Like, what are you Snow T. It was, yeah. What is, what, wait, wait. Okay, snow jacket. I I feel like where he was going with that because back in my you know, sledding days and whatever, babe. we used to wear like snow suits. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with the whole full one girl. piece. Yep, yeah, you climb in head. it, zip it yep. up, whatever. Okay, cool. Maybe he meant yep. that when he said snow jacket, I yep. really don't want to excuse that cool. Yep. But <laughs> pardon of my French, what the hell is a snow ti? <laughs>
1: It's Jeezy it's the snowman, but not T.I. the snowman. Now, we have right. said, fill in the blank for man. Okay, rubber band, man. I, there yeah. are a lot of things you can call T.I., but you can't no call him snow T.I. Right. Man, right. listen. And listen, the other guy, of course, won these great tickets. So, But I, I feel like this is one of those that's going to live on, a, on an infamy.
0: And I just want to say this very last thing I know sometimes not even notice this when I'm watching these shows like Family Feud, I feel like we all do it when they ask the question, of course, because we're at home and the cameras aren't shining on us and got the cameras rolling and the lights ain't, you know, right on top of us, which typically can make people kind of nervous. You do tend to forget some of the most simplest things just because you're overthinking it or just because of this anxiety from being on live television or pre-recorded or whatever sure that answer that he gave with snow ti is something that no matter how nervous i would have been i would have just never said like this wasn't one of those moments <laughs> No, this
1: is one of those straight going on the hawks entertainment team's blooper reel because nobody says nobody snow ti like at all and out of the 100 people that they surveyed no nobody said ti but anywho you know the hawks have to shake off this game just like dude has to shake off no Ti. So the hall
0: to figure
1: out how to get one in philly because they had an opportunity a couple weeks ago and they kind of let that one slip away what do they need to do deshaun to get this win in philly on friday and tie up the season series
0: Mm. i'm gonna be honest with you like i don't think this is a matter of like playing with house money sometimes when you're playing with house money and all the pressure is on the other team in which I guess in this case, technically it is. And the Hawks do have a pretty good record. They're above 500 when they're on the road for whatever reason, however that works. Uh, I think six and five is that record. But Mm -hmm. um, they – typically in most cases do pretty good against the Sixers. There's some yeah. lopsided ones in there, and there's some ones where the Hawks might shock you, and And it kind of looks like Milwaukee when we're playing them. You know, it is some pretty yeah. good matchups yeah. that I see. But after Joel Embiid scores 50 points on tonight, um, hopefully he got all those made baskets out of his yeah. system before we have to play them um even more so i think the other thing is keeping in mind that there's another player much like uh cam uh, i'm sorry uh like um yeah like like cam thomas tonight didn't play mm-hmm. the last meeting well the last meeting against philly um kelly Oubre did not play kelly Oubre yeah. is back so that's going to be a yep. difference maker preparing for that and you're getting adjusted to not having uh, jalen johnson still yeah. so i think you still just have to kind of go through some things and make sure you keep the turnovers low more than anything. I think there was 13 tonight. That's a tad too many for me, but continue to do well shooting from the free throw line, similar to how you did tonight as well. I think that helped a lot. I think they went like 94%.
1: Yes. Yes. And you, you made some great points because in that game, you did not have Kelly Oubre, but you did have a Jalen Johnson who scored 18 points. And it was not just 18. It wasn't an 18 and 10 night. It was an efficient 18 and 10 night. And yeah, that was one of those uncharacteristic nights for the Hawks. 80% from the free throw line, so that's definitely an area where there's opportunity. And also, if they can get their three-point percentage up from 36% and kind of pull the Sixers down from 43%, now you got a game. Because for a long time before Joel Embiid kind of went on that tear to get to 32 points and they pulled away by 10, the Hawks were right in that game. It was still not a bad showing from the Hawks. So just tightening up a few things could potentially get them to tie up on the season series. Listen, we appreciate you guys for stopping by the Locked On Hawks postcast. your home for the best Hawks talk. Remember to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And don't forget, for more on the Hawks, make sure you check out Locked On Hawks with our guy, Brad Rowland. We'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members.